Welcome to The Grounded Catholic, the podcast of Catholic Who's at the University of Virginia. I'm Father Joseph Anthony Cress, and on today's episode, we have a special guest. We're joined by Katie Zelgado, a good friend of ours, and she joins us to kind of have this discussion about discernment in the Catholic life. Uh, we talk a little bit about the misconceptions of it and our experiences, even though all three of us have very different experiences of discerning our vocations. So uh, we have a lot of fun on today's episode and hope you enjoy it. Father, happy day after your ordination day. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, today it- is... May twenty second. May twenty second. My ordination uh, was May twenty first, two thousand sixteen. So four years yep. of being a priest. And four years in a day. Today is my fourth year anniversary of the first time I said mass. Like ever? Wait, you didn't say mass on your day of ordination? Technically, you can celebrate <clears throat> your ordination mass. Oh. But the first <gasps> time I actually said mass and uttered the words of consecration what? was what? four years ago today. That's even more beautiful. Yeah. That's so incredible. <laughs> this Cheers. is the more special day. Cheers. Cheers. Clink. Congratulations. Thank you. I have um, <laughs> I've, a buddy of mine from college. Um, he came down from ordination, and he's a really good photographer, so he also... Um, he he um, was the photographer at my first mass. I had these awesome photos um, from from that mass. Which Have I gonna, seen these? Um, maybe, maybe not. Um, you're not on Instagram because I posted one of them yesterday. Um, yeah. But I remember getting through mass. It was you know I wasn't really nervous about anything. I um, I felt very. I've always been very comfortable in the sanctuary, very comfortable liturgically. So that wasn't a big deal for me, but. I remember choking up at the words of consecration. Oh and my gosh. Not being yeah. able to actually vocalize them for the first time. Oh my god. And gosh. so like I was fine, you know, it's it's reading from a book, you know, mm-hmm. left to right, top to bottom, you're good. Mm-hmm. Uh just say what's in the book and that's fine. But I remember when I got to the words of consecration, I picked up the host in my hands and I bent down. I couldn't go any further. And I just like choke <laughs> for like what for me seemed like an eternity. I'm sure nobody realized it, but like it had to take a few breaths for me to like finally utter the words of consecration. Did you cry afterwards? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's um, it's absurd. It's beautiful. Uh, You've got a special vocation. Yep. You do. Talking about special things. Yeah, we have a special guest with us Hello. today. It's so good to have you, Katie. Wait, <laughs> what's that mean? Thank you for being here. <laughs> I mean, it is good to have her here, but why'd you say it with that tone? You know exactly why. Terrifying. Um, but Katie, welcome. Good to have you with thank us. Thank you. It's yeah, great to be here. Katie, would you like to introduce yourself? Where are you from <laughs> how do you know <laughs> sure um I, I i don't know where i'm from is boring i i live in virginia with where everybody else lives good state <laughs> Nova. it is a good state um i am i don't know how, how did you meet us like how do you know yeah, the so two of us like what why is this happening i worked yeah. in uh campus ministry with corinne and father joseph anthony um, but just down the road in Williamsburg for the past two years. So I got to work with Corinne and Father, which is always a joy. Um, 
events are so much better when they're around. And then I met first met Corinne when she was campus minister at Christopher Newport. And it was Corinne who was largely responsible for me encountering the Lord. So Corinne is a very special friend. (laughs) Well, Katie, it is mutual. It is very mutual. (laughs) And then Corinne came to UVA and she said, Katie, you have to be friends with Father Joseph Anthony. Mm -hmm. And so um, it was really awkward the first time we met. When was that? I don't know. This uh, now I'm intrigued. Me oh, too. I do yeah, remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so uh, the first year I was in the diocese of Richmond. Yeah, it was uh, a priest convocation. The priest convocation was held in Newport News, which is where C- Christopher Newport is. Yeah, and Wait, you guys met each other without me there. You exactly. organized. You or- it. Yeah, you like puppeteered <laughs> this thing. You said you two have to be friends. Exactly. Those were oh. those were like commands. Yeah. Not yes. suggestions. Like, you were commanding that the two of us become friends. Well, yeah. I mean, guys, come on. It's the best thing in the world when two of your friends become friends. Right? Come on. (laughs) It's... uh. No, no, you're right. You're right. (laughs) I had uh, another good friend from college used to say that. She was like, the thing I enjoy the most in life is introducing my friends to each other and watching them build a friendship. Yes. You know, so it is. It's a very... um, yeah, it's a great thing to see that the community build and I knew all that you fun guys stuff. would get along. But, so I'm driving down to Newport and I I didn't know anybody. I didn't know any priests in the diocese. I was like, you know, going to this wild west by myself, you know, and of Newport News. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the wilderness. It and is, that's um, seven five seven. And you were like, okay, well, Katie's still down there. You have to meet. You're going to be, you know, like 10 minutes away. And so you orchestrated this. It was one of the nights that we hung out. I think I came over and Keegan was there. Yeah, I told Keegan and Maria they had to yeah, come over. That's exactly. right. I said you, you guys have to the house. I went over to the house, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It, but that was very Whoa. awkward. It was. I I'm told so you to park sorry. on the front lawn and you didn't. Because it was pitch black. I didn't know whose lawn I was going to be driving <laughs> on at that point. Like, I'd never been in this area before, so. But we did. We talked about the uh, Caravaggio's conversion of St. Matthew. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And then. The Call of St. Matthew is one of my favorite uh, paintings out there. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, that's what we talked about. And you just told I us don't, all about it. Okay, so that's interesting because I don't remember anything we talked about. I just remember, like, the night happening that's how i met you yeah um i remember Look that's what we, we talked about okay that's it was good. like we were that like mm, amazing. Well, um, and then we talked about that because <laughs> we needed something to talk about because this is going to get awkward oh. immediately you handled it well i'm and so you did impressed. as well yeah. and look at us now <laughs> recording podcasts to each other well so. guys speaking of the call of saint matthew <laughs> 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 so um, I, I think this is really cool. Katie and I have actually talked about this a lot, talking about the callings that we have experienced mm-hmm. from the Lord. Yes. And this is what prompted us to be like, Father, let's record a podcast together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so Katie is actually preparing to answer a call and a very beautiful call at that. Katie, would you like to elaborate upon the next six months of your life, what they are going to look like? Less than six months. Well, yes, but yeah, it's like what three months, two months? Yeah, eighty-six days. Eighty-six. Oh, okay. Somebody's got a countdown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> somebody, got, somebody found the countdown app in the app store. No, there's no app. You just look it up once, and then you're Use it's your roughly brain. in the ballpark of like eighty higher eighties mm-hmm. days. Yeah. yeah. Um, but in I think it's eighty-six days. I could be wrong. It but is. on. 
July, not July, August 15th, I will be entering the Nashville Dominicans. What? Um, what? Yeah, so it's really exciting. <laughs> we'll be starting. <laughs> <laughs> we need that app. Yeah, we're going to, I'll, I'll uh, edit in like I'll sound effects. New students. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, so on the Feast of the Assumption, I will be um, assumed into the convent, which is very exciting, and start my postulancy with the Nashville Dominicans. Yeah. Yes, that is something I'm very overjoyed with. So we are soaking in this time together um, because once you enter, our communication is going to be limited to letter writing. It's true. Um, I have bad handwriting. Well, I have learned to read it over the years. So <laughs> And I don't accepted. write letters. So it was nice <laughs> knowing you. Yeah, but you're, you're a Dominican priest. You can come. I could do that. Yeah. Oh, that's true. Probably won't, though. Okay, well, it was nice knowing you. Why did you say that? <laughs> Well, I don't want to like, you know, set up unrealistic expectations. No, pe- like I'm telling you right now, I probably you, won't show up. People give you unrealistic, unrealistic expectations all the time. They're like, oh, we're going to write letters. Like it's going to be, and I know none of it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I thank you. Thanks for the reality. Straight shooter over here. <laughs> shooter McGavin. Wow. Okay. Well, um, so part of, part of what we've been talking about and Katie and I spending all this time together, um, preparing <laughs> father loses it over in the corner um we're, we're not sure why i think he made a reference i made a reference understand. it was a great reference and nobody yeah. picked up on he it did. it's well we're just trying to keep on track so um katie and i've spent a lot of time talking about kind of this process of getting to our vocation and that process people like to throw this word around a lot i don't think they actually know what it means discernment (laughs) 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 no that's that's my reaction every time someone says a discernment is like a shiver because i'm like nobody knows what this actually means yeah nobody uses it well nobody or it's an excuse to avoid doing Mm. what the lord wants you to do yes so i think it's fascinating that the three of us are all in very different stages of our discernment right so father you a are priest. a priest and a Dominican. Locked in. You have made final vows. <laughs> Done. Solemn vows. Y- y- solemn, solemn vows. Um, You've been ordained. It's final vows too, right? Mm. Solemn vows for monastic orders, final vows, and perpetual vows for non-monastics. Does that include the... So they're an active congregation, so they're mm-hmm. making um, they're making perpetual final perpetual. vows. Oh, Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it's a distinction I'll go into later. We're Dominicans. We make distinctions. It's but fine. she's going to be it's a like Dominican. nun versus sister. Right. But she's in she's in the active. And you're uh, con- and so in the Dominican family, contemplative there's first order, me? second order, third order. Hold on, I feel like they are way more contemplative. They're they're active contemplative. In Hold on. I, we can talk about this off air. Yeah, it's, I think we should. Because <laughs> there's something. a lot to dig into. <laughs> Yep. A lot of its distinctions and cool. Yeah. Cool. 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 cool, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I wish we could do the handshake right now. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We need to start videoing these and putting it up on YouTube because there's so much that's happening. Like that's Mm nonverbal. It's true. Um, but so you you're a priest. Yeah, I'm a priest and a Dominican. Mm -hmm. Katie is preparing to be a Dominican. I have discerned religious life, and I'm in a relationship right now. I've spent a lot of time in that discernment phase. This is something that we all talk about all the time. Katie's in campus ministry, and she talks about it with her students. We talk about it all the time with our students. What the heck does it actually mean? 
I, I mean, you take that. I mean, because it's it's something that I think a lot of people. It's become a Catholic buzzword, Absolutely. and I think it has been a Catholic buzzword before there was even such a thing as Catholic buzzwords. But um, there's an appropriateness, and I think at the heart of it, and is understanding that we as human beings are wounded by sin, both original and actual sin. And one of the effects of sin is the clouding of the intellect, right? And so we're unable yes. to see properly, right? We're unable to see reality as it is. Um, and what we want to do is then be able to discern what is, uh, what is the reality in front of us and primarily what is God's will for us. Because the more and the closer we align ourselves to God, the more we're united to him, the more we receive his point of view and perspective, right? But because of our wounded human nature, that is um, a chore, to put it simply. It's not easy. Um, and it takes the assistance of grace because it's actually not proper to our nature. Um, so we need the supernatural support of grace to allow us to that point. So this process then of clarifying one's vision to be united to God's vision is is at the heart of what discernment is because that's the goal for which it is trying to attain. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Though I'd say it's only not easy if you let it be not easy. Say more. I mean, I, I see what you're going, but keep going. Elaborate. Catherine it's discernment's one of those things where I think it's a buzzword because everyone thinks it's so hard but you think it's so hard when you're following your will in it when you're seeking something that's not the Lord so like if you're pursuing like discerning a dating relationship if you're not first discerning the Lord and like falling in love with him you're seeking to fall in love with somebody as a greater good than God then it's going to be hard because that's not what we're made for. And the same with religious life. Like it can be really easy to think you're seeking the Lord and discerning religious life when you're really just seeking validation of yourself or this like comfort of belonging that I makes it difficult. I a hundred percent agree with that. And I, I, we overcomplicate it. Absolutely. We're the ones mm -hmm. that overcomplicate discernment. That discernment is actually not that difficult at all. Mm -hmm. And I think that Katie is 100% hitting the nail on the head that when we, like oftentimes, we get really um, torn up with discernment because we have our own expectations and our own desires that we're looking to be fulfilled. When discernment is falling in love with God yes. and he produces within us those desires. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have a butt face on though. No, I... That's, um, I have R <laughs> RBF, resting butt face. It's fine. Okay, let's clarify. You have a face that's like, I agree, but I want to say something. No, it's yeah, not. Go for listen, it. it's not the first time somebody's told me that I've had butt face. Okay. Uh, probably not going to be the last. That's just uh, not how I meant for it to come out. But that's how it did. And, and you know, it'll that's be not on the interwebs forever. As it should be. I need to let I even know what I was out. thinking about. That told me, took me totally off track. Um, I, I think it's going to be, um, you're talking about how we kind of overcomplicate that, right? Mm -hmm. And the goal is to basically 
the goal of our entire spiritual life is to be united to God. And um, through that kind of overcomplicating things that we start to look at discernment and interact with quote unquote discernment, less of discerning and more of trying to confirm something that we want to be. Yes. Right. And that's when we start getting caught up with signs exactly. and looking for signs. That's more about confirming mm-hmm. what we want. Exactly. It's Roses a very subtle thing. And Roses do not make decisions. Preach. Gosh, Retweet. I wish I was. Thank I, you. I will just get that tattooed across my forehead if, you know. Please don't. <laughs> I encourage it. No, I, I think it's it's something that like we, th- it's a very subtle change, but discernment isn't about confirming for ourselves what we want it to be right right discernment is constantly pursuing the lord mm-hmm. and the closer we get and the more in union we are with the lord then uh the easier we know his will and his presence in our life and we can see him in in others we can see him in situations we can unite ourselves through and we're not afraid of suffering of sacrifice and those types of things and so we're not always looking for the path of least resistance we're looking for the path of really the cross um, and that's that's terrifying to a lot of people. Right. Um, well, it's, and it's so terrifying because you want the end answer without the process, without, like, it's like without tuning your heart to the Lord's will. It's like I always think of that line, which from whichever psalm it is, but, like, it's like the Protestantized version of, like, Lord, tune my heart to sing thy grace. And if you're not first seeking to tune your heart into the Lord, then it's going to be terrifying because you don't have the relationship yes I so I I love um where this conversation is going and I think we could keep talking about this for a very long time Mm -hmm. but um I tend to internalize these kind of big ideas better in the context of analogy and I think we all have our own stories of discernment I would love to kind of hear some of the process that each of us has gone through in our discernment mm-hmm. and like key takeaways to maybe make it a little more practical Gotcha. because there's discernment. You know, we have the discernment of our capital V vocation mm-hmm. and which that's, is, which is holiness. Oh, yes. Like that's, that's applicable to everybody. And yes, our, for each of us, we have a unique path to accomplish that same goal. Yes. You know, and it's, it's through states of life you know mm-hmm. um but the primary vocation for each of us is is love and the primary vocation for each of us is holiness so again retweet what is that f- why I, I, I see what you're doing you're trying to act like i i like therese all of a sudden but you can just back off well okay then you shouldn't have her she sitting is on your shoulder sitting right behind you right now what <laughs> <laughs> no, that's um but I think, you know, I think when when we hear the word discernment, we think like, oh, well, then are you thinking about being a priest or a nun? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so I want to kind of expand upon that. Obviously, this is discernment is understanding God's will. And we've come to that in really big ways. And so I don't know if we each have, you know, some practical um, applications that we can speak into. Yeah, via I mean, our I can talk. Stories. I can talk a little bit about kind of my own discernment for the priesthood in yeah. religious life. Um, special on the anniversary of your first mass. Oh, my gosh. Aww. So special. Hey. Birthday boy. We're all going to cry. 
Yeah, I'm going to cry later. It's Aww. fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think one of the things that... Um, I think one of the things that continually helped to clarify for me my own quote-unquote discernment of my priesthood is the fact that I, I was seeking to follow God and the I had a wonderful spiritual director and confessor in college and he kind of always said like okay you know what are the desires that the Lord's putting on your heart like why do you want this like why do you think you um you know this rando college kid from Ohio that's 22 years old what has God given you that you think would make you a good priest and these desires these talents these gifts that the Lord was drawing out of me calling out of me to put in the service of his church you know I had to I had to be self-reflective enough to say you know not what I think a priest should be or this ideal but like actually make it very incarnational like it's it's me that he's talking to it's me that I'm sacrificing it's me that I'm offering up um so what about me makes sense in this you know and so that was that was something that really helped me because it was stepping away from the hypothetical stepping away from the ideological and getting very incarnational and kind of very um yeah fleshy in that sense and um having that discussion it was great to have a confessor and a spiritual director who would guide me in that you know, and, and say, hey, I live this life. I'm a priest. I'm a Dominican. I know what these demands are. Could you handle X? Like, what about you do you think would work in that situation? What, what about Y or this other situation? But once I showed up to the novitiate, and I think this is something that, um, Katie, I give freely to you as well. Um, there were other members of my novitiate class who walked into the novitiate as if, they had reached the goal it was and it was the accomplishment and they were like oh my gosh i am here i just know that the lord is calling me to be a dominican this is going to be my plan for the rest of my dominican life and i looked at them i'm like bro you're not even through month two like nothing's guaranteed here uh the only thing that is guaranteed is that you were seen to be fit to enter into the novitiate you know the lord continues to work and my um once again, my confessor uh, gave me the best piece of advice, and it was something that I found later on as well that I've used for the priesthood, but he said, you wake up every single day and give that day to the Lord, and you do that as long as he physically allows you or until your superiors say, it's not working. That's their responsibility to, to kind of see, do you have the capacity to be here? And so at a certain point, and we're, I want to kind of roll the Rolodex back a little bit and say that when we look at discernment, there has to be a decision and a commitment to that. And when you can give yourself and entrust yourself to that decision, you can also trust the, the individuals who are responsible for seeing whether or not you are fit for that. And the Lord puts those people in your life to help you, guide you, help uh help push you to grow in certain areas. But you have to make a decision at some point. And once you make that decision, commit to it until the Lord manifests elsewhere. Um, and that, that was something that like I continued to do. And at the end, it was, I looked at my superiors, I looked at my novice master, my prior, and I was like, do you guys like, are you, do you guys think I can do this? And they were like, 
yeah, we think you can. And then I was like, okay, then I want to keep going. Um, it's, it's a way to trust in the Lord through how he acts uh, and manifests himself through secondary causes, primarily other human beings. I think that's a really good point and a very important point to make with discerning is the actual discerning of entering uh, like a religious order or like entering seminary or I guess even dating somebody. That's not the goal. And I was praying about that this morning with um, the Lord and he was just he was telling me he was reminding me that like it could change at any moment. And even in my whole discerning of um, going through the process of applying and um, going on retreats with the Dominicans. Uh, I was like I hated telling people that I was doing that because they automatically put me in a habit teaching second grade in some diocesan school somewhere and I was like well that's like that's not the goal like I don't know that I'm going to be there yet I'm going through this process but it's not definite I'm just opening the door keeping the door wide open for the Lord to say like keep coming keep coming Um, and he does but like for so many people they don't have the door kept open for them the lord says okay not this one let's go somewhere else and it can be so hard and so scary to discern when everybody automatically puts you at the end of the vocation like dying in a habit or dying in clerics somewhere instead of saying like okay like maybe i'm discerning because the lord needs to teach me something through applying to this convent when actually i should get married and pass those lessons i learned on to someone else right and i think I think that we we tend to avoid the process, that we don't like going through the period of not knowing or of knowledge about God's will being gradually revealed to us. We want to be at the end. We want to make, you know, I think that we want to make a decision because we want to commit and we think that we need to be there. And so even the thought, I think, like I, I know for myself, um, when in college I started discerning religious life, and then afterwards when I was a missionary, I spent those three years discerning religious life. Um, what was so terrifying was even the thought of discerning meant, like, if I'm open to it, that God's going to ask that of me. And, like, I need to then start preparing for that life. When God just wanted me, like, he just wanted to take me through that process of gradually opening up and of saying yes to just the next step in front of me, not to the end goal. And I was looking at the end of the road and thinking, I don't think I'm ever going to get there. I don't know if I'd be happy there when he just wanted me to, like, take one step further. And that usually was the hardest thing to do. Ironically, you think that just taking one step forward would be the easiest thing when It was so hard to just stay there. And I've seen that even in dating, too. Like, everybody assumes, you know. (sighs) Yeah, and people start bringing things up way too early. Oh, my gosh. And I'm like, nope, I just, I just, I'm just being asked to take one step forward. I'm just being asked to say yes to, like, going on one more date, you know? Because, I mean, I think for, for many in the current culture and society right now, we are encouraged that we don't act we don't take that first step unless the result is guaranteed right and so unless that unless we are confident that we know the outcome then i can embark on the process but the reality is the outcome we we won't know where the outcome is unless we begin the process like that's how we we figure it out right and so I, i think a lot of a lot of uh people like you said they're so afraid to enter into relationships. They're in, uh, afraid to put a label on it because that means, oh my gosh, I'm committed to this. And what happens if this doesn't 
reach its destination to which it's tor- it's tending. Mm-hmm. Well, then that's failure. Oh, I don't want to fail though. Yeah. I will only embark on something if I'm guaranteed of success. Yeah. We don't you like know? entering into mystery. No. Oh, but that's that is the Christian I life I is know. entering we into the mystery. We want to pull back the veil too early. Well, yes. and then this brings yeah. up the point yes. of when entering into <laughs> Please don't say that again. <laughs> When, when entering into discernment, you can't be discerning the like marriage or like when you're going to make your solemn vows or when you're going to say your first mass or like you, that's not what we should be discerning. It's more like, how can I fall more deeply in love with the Lord? And when that's the goal, then discerning is easy because it doesn't matter where you go because the Lord has your heart and then he it's like will guide you it's it's just freedom at that point yes. right yes yeah that's i i have to share this story because this was the best discernment advice i ever received and i still think about it so this mm-hmm. is when mm-hmm. i was in poland on world ah, youth yes. day um and we had many long trips in the bus and during these trips we had our hours kind of marked out so that the day didn't just kind of like become this one giant blob of sleeping and eating and you know random stops so we had time scheduled for um, spiritual direction and I signed up for one of those slots and you'd go in the front of the bus and there was a sister I signed up for the sister slot and I had come to Poland with all of these thoughts so I, I dated somebody in college and then I was discerning religious life and the Lord closed the door to both of those um, and that actually it was like the closing the door to religious life that was probably the hardest because it didn't make sense like god if i was willing um then why would i why would you like why would you say no um it didn't make sense to me and so i had come on this pilgrimage seeking answers and i wanted to know the end result and i wanted god to say don't worry corinne i have this in store for you now mm-hmm. start preparing mm-hmm. yep And oftentimes, I mean, that's why we pray those novenas. That's why, you know, we want to put a deadline on God and we want to demand. Give me a rose by Friday. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. Even when you get the rose, it's not helpful. I know it's not helpful. And so I I go to spiritual direction. I I go to spiritual direction with the sister. We just all know that's not true. (laughs) Oh my gosh. She's on your shoulder, Father. Um. But this sister, um, I I kind of brought all of these concerns that were on my heart. And I had been pilgrimaging for the past month, and I was just as confused as when I started. And I wanted to know, am I supposed to enter religious life? Am I supposed to be married? And she sat down with me. And, of course, you want your spiritual director to be a little bit private. And, you know, we kind of gave a buffer of a couple empty seats behind us so people couldn't hear but I had never seen the sister who was very like peaceful, very calm, very like, you know, just admitted tranquility. She got very riled up with what I was saying and she starts yelling at me and I'm like, Oh no, sister, everyone can hear you. And she starts saying, Corinne, your vocation is nothing. And I was like, sister, I don't think you're allowed to say that. (laughs) I was, I was shook. And, and she starts to elaborate. She goes, Corinne, like that is a means to an end that is a means to your greater holiness if you died tomorrow would the lord meet you and say corinne well you're not married and you're not a sister so you're not really that holy 
it's a means to an end. And I was making it an end Mm -hmm. like that. My vocation and that discernment was supposed to take me to this big end when my, that end is holiness, which you reminded us at the very beginning. And that's what she was saying. She's like, Corinne, your vocation is actually nothing. It's just another means to an end. And if you are striving for sainthood right now, if you're responding, yes, to where the Lord is calling you, if you're sacrificing, if you're praying, if you're falling more in love with him every day, then you're in your vocation. The answer that you're looking for actually is not going to satisfy you. And the Lord isn't going to answer that prayer. Like he's not going to answer it in the way that you want. Um, because if you're, if you're just going to prayer every day, start asking him how you can fall more in love with him instead of asking, you know, God, am I supposed to be married? Am I supposed to be a sister? No, just how can I love you today? Exactly. Where, or, or my favorite question, Jesus, where are you today? Yes. Like I, I interact more with Jesus instead of like this big Lord, you have all the answers Reveal to me the answers. And then I can do what I, you know, then I can do your will. Like give me the answer key first and then I can take the test. Yes. Like that's idiotic. Our relationship with Jesus is more like, where's Waldo? Like mm-hmm. Jesus, where are you? I know you're around here. I know there's a lot of frauds out there that are trying to be you, but where are you? And reveal yourself to me. It mm. was such a great reminder that he's God and I'm not. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, St. Catherine, huh? Mm. Yep. Yeah. But I like I wanted to be God. I wanted to know the answer. You're I wanted God, to be in you? control. Oh, thank goodness. <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me um, of, I guess not reminds me, but it just like it leads in well to the advice I would want to give, which is notice how the Lord pursues you. And it's like in that falling in love, you don't just fall in love in with non-action. Like you, there's like a series of steps or that people make um, to say like, Hey, like I, I want you to notice and fall in love with me. Like you don't just fall in love without action and how mm, like noticing because of like daily prayer, how the Lord is pursuing you. And when like, the best advice I ever got was just have fun with discerning, like just have fun with it. Um, And that really helped me take a lot of pressure off of discernment because it wasn't like the super stressful sort of, Oh, you have to have all of the decisions made. It was like, just have fun. And like, you see it best in dating relationships because they're all over the place. But when you first, everyone's like, Oh, it's the honeymoon period where you're just having fun together. And you have to have that with the Lord um, where it's just like this beautiful sort of recognizing like, the Lord did that for me today. Like there'd be so many times where he'd like give me flowers and just these random ways or like you would just go and come out of a holy hour, like just so joyful and noticing like that's the Lord giving me that gift of joy right now because he loves me. Um, and then, then you can respond better to like, Lord, I love you too. Like I see all the things that you've given me and now I can respond to that. Um, like without that honeymoon period of with the Lord, I guess then discernment just becomes so you bring up, you bring up a really interesting point, and um, I'm not even sure if you meant to bring it up, but I'm, I'm going to bring it up now, <laughs> is, like, how to support your friends who are discerning. Mm. You know, primarily we're thinking religious life, uh, priesthood, at least in my eyes, but also to, like, support your friends who've just started a dating relationship. And I think the number one thing that I give uh, advice on people is do not pressure them. Um, the end, like you said we can't turn the means into the end right. and we don't want to expedite everything so that we forget the process 
and jump immediately to the conclusions. So an example of this is um, when a young woman enters into um, the convent, the last thing I will, like the last thing I will ever utter to her, like I will never ever say this to her is you're going to be a great sister. I'm so, because I don't know that. I, I tell her, it's like, I'm excited for you. I am praying for you. I think you are prepared to make the next step. You are prepared to enter into this, into the convent. What happens from there is between you, the novice mistress, mother superior, and Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to jump to conclusions, you know, or other young guys when they enter in seminary. I, I hate when people tell them, oh, my gosh, you're going to be such a great priest. Then nobody knows that. You're, you're at the stage of your life, and you're prepared to enter into seminary and begin a very intense period of formation. And you're prepared for that. I want to encourage you in there. But I'm not, I'm not making assumptions of the end of the goal. Friends who are dating, you guys are prepared and enjoy this stage of your life. But I'm not saying, oh, my gosh, look how great they are. They are going to make great parents, aren't they? Like, don't say that stuff to people. We need to encourage our friends to live in the present. Yeah, that was that's actually, exactly it. Yes, and that, that's something that is one of the biggest struggles, I think, that we want to live two steps ahead at least at least two steps yeah and that it doesn't allow for the freedom of actually discerning what's in front of you and this is this actually touches on probably my biggest pet peeve when it comes to discernment in general whether it's of a relationship or um convent or religious life or priesthood that it dwells too much or people tend to take discernment and leave it in the realm of the theoretical mm-hmm. that I need to know yep, if yep, I'm yep. called to the priesthood. If I, I need to know if I'm called to religious life, I need to know if I'm called to marriage before I start getting into the specifics, before I start looking into convents, before I start talking to diocesan priests, you know, like before I start talking to an order Absolutely. and that is not how the Lord works at and he's not in any of that. He's not two steps ahead. He's not in theory. He's in the present. He is in the present. That is where you encounter the Lord. You don't encounter him in the future. You can recognize him in the past, but he is actively pursuing you in your life in the present moment. And that that was actually a huge wake up call for me. And I needed people to remind me of that, that in a relationship it's not that I'm discerning the concept of marriage. I'm discerning a life with a specific person. And when I was discerning religious life, I didn't have to know for certain if I was called to be a sister. I was discerning a particular convent and a particular life with an order of sisters. Lord, are you calling me to this place? Lord, are you calling me to this person? Not, are you calling me to the realm, like to this specific life? And then I just need to find something to plug into that equation to get me to where I want. That makes it selfish. If I'm dating somebody thinking I'm called to religious life and I just like, you might be that, or I'm called to marriage and you might be that person, then I'm just, I'm using them. And that's not like self gift. And that's the same with religious life and priesthood. Father, you're like chomping at the bit to say something. There, there's, I think we live in a culture where you have to exhaust all your options before you make decisions. Yeah. Right. So, okay. I have this inclination to religious life. So now I need to do my research. 
and I'm going to then pare it down to level two, and then I begin to interview the different religious communities I'm interested in. And then level three is where I do an on-site interview, and I go and visit them, and then I can, after I've exhausted all my options, then I can make my decision, right? And that's insane. That's treating... That's treating our relationship with God. That's tre- treating the world as if it's a McDonald's menu. That I have to see all the options in front of me before I make my decision. Right. I mean, there is there is a beauty to that. That there's greater freedom in saying yes to something when we know what we're saying no to. Like me saying, like if I ever get married one day, me saying yes to a person is saying no to everyone else. Mm-hmm. When you say yes to one convent, you're saying no to all of the others. Absolutely. If I'm saying yes to even just the vocation of marriage, it means I'm saying no to religious life. Mm-hmm. But isn't it more beautiful and there's such a greater surrender when you've said yes and trusting the Lord, like I'm going to say yes to you and not know the other options? I think that there is an extent to which we should be aware. Like I think that what? my freedom in being able to date is it like I think it's more free because I I know what I am saying no to like that I have given that the time and I've spent I've, I know what I am saying no to I think that there is a great freedom in being able to say yes to God without saying like hold on Lord before I can say yes to you I need to know all of my other options I think it's beautiful though to to not be afraid like it, it was terrifying to me to explore religious life when yeah. I was like I want to get married but there was a great freedom in being able to be like Lord you might be calling me to this what what I was trying to point out is that I think a lot of people get paralyzed with the options with this f- they get paralyzed because they feel like they have they need to explore options before they can take action right And that is a paralysis that is actually um, induced by fear, right? Yes. And I think what both of you are are mentioning and talking about is there is true freedom then. And this is where we are going for the freedom, um, freedom for the good and freedom of excellence, right? Not freedom does not equate multiplicity of options. Freedom is in excellence and, and going towards the good in that sense and we can pursue that and at the same time or along in that process and along the way realize and make a commitment to like you said when i say yes on one thing that means i'm saying no to the others and i can figure that out along the way um without having to kind of be paralyzed in a in a holding pattern before i get all my information and do my kind of scientific method inquiry to every aspect before I, I make that jump and before I can take a, uh, action in any sense. Right. Yeah. Like it, it would be totally unrealistic for me to think that I need to know all men before I can. <laughs> that's, that's the exact yeah, thing. That, yeah. You can't. But that's not entirely intuitive. Like in the world we live in, like no. you want to see all the options and it just, right. it reminds mm-hmm. me like, like all, you guys talking about all of this, like the moment when I was like, Oh, like I really need to like pursue, um, religious life at in for, with the Nashville Dominicans. I thought I was tricking the Lord when I said, like I was praying with him and like, I, I thought I was tricking him. And I said like, Lord, like only if this specific life, like with this community, this life they live only if that's what you want for me, like, like, let me feel peace with that. Um, and I thought, it, like, I thought he would never, ever say yes to that because it was just so specific. But lo and behold, like, 
Be careful what you ask of the Lord. Exactly. Yeah. Because he already yeah. knows your desires and you think you're going to be in, be yeah. all coy and be like, mm, this is really what I want. And you tell yeah. him exactly. He's like, all right. And no, then, yeah. Like, no big deal. I got you covered. Yep. Right. You can't trick him because it turns no. out it's the what will lead you to your greatest happiness. It's Not true. at all. So it's true. Um, yeah. No, I think this is a good deep dive I on so. we could something that so we, we could we really could but something we all have experience with but we've all ended up at different kind of different conclusions in um Cause different our paths stages to holiness are so it. different each of our paths are holiness and we each one of us approach it as the proper means to a greater end which is union with jesus and knowing that your vocation your vocation and my vocation are each quite different mm-hmm. but because we're all pursuing the same end we are unified in the body of christ yes like that's the beauty of this and that's how we can support each other in the ridiculously different vocations that we have right <laughs> having two great friends like Corinne and father joseph anthony to talk, talk about these things with also helps a lot mm-hmm. oh my gosh whiskey doesn't hurt either <laughs> it's true and no this is so fun and i father we've talked about this so much um mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Yeah, this was the thought for a future podcast between the three of us and Father Matt, the chaplain at William and Mary. Maybe one day he'll join us. Yeah, shout we're out. gonna call him out, and not even Matt. a shout out, a call out, a call out. He yeah, needs to get like his butt that. up here, and we'll record. Pick the time; we'll all come back. Great. Yeah, do it. That was to you, Father Matt. Before Pick the time, we'll all come days back. Away. <laughs> yeah. All right. But yeah, you you always said discernment. There shouldn't be such a word. The word is action. It's acting. Yes. Decision. Yep. God decision can't and steer a parked car. No. It would be helpful to take discernment out of your vocabulary to all discerners out there. Just make just, decisions. Yeah. Commit just to the Lord and pray. And, yeah, pray. And Fall in love. Pray. Falling pray. in love with the Lord. That's every what day. Discernment one is. hour every day. Don't do this whole fifteen minutes and build up thing. It doesn't work. Just just pray. Commit. Yeah. yeah. You did that. Yeah. I was so impressed. You yeah. and Keegan. Wow. Pals. Amen. Thank you for joining and listening to this episode of The Grounded Catholic. A big shout out goes out to Katie for joining us tonight. Um, We had a lot of fun, as I'm sure you could tell on this episode. Say a prayer or two for her as she takes the next step in her discernment and enters into the convent later this summer. As always, please like and subscribe to the podcast. We can be found on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify and on our website, catholicwhos.org slash podcast. That's catholicwhos.org slash podcast. God bless.